0: Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. I'm getting ready to travel, so you might hear some noise in the background as we're getting packed up and leaving out of this location where we currently are. But this is a podcast that I think is really important for our listeners, our partners, our supporters, and this might be a podcast that you are going to want to share with your friends because here I'm going to be sharing something that I think very few people know, and I'm surprised that they don't know, but they should. Have you ever been fact-checked on Facebook? Have you ever posted anything on Facebook where it either got blocked, you got a warning, um, there was a screen that went up over it and said, you know, if you want to see this, you have to click on it because it's been proven to not be true, and then you've looked at it and you're trying to figure out why is it not true. You, you kind of feel a little bit embarrassed that you put up something that is factually wrong, and maybe you didn't look into it. You know, just the other day, I put up a post on Facebook, and it wasn't even that controversial, and it was from, it, it wasn't even from a news site. It was from the actual organization that published information about election fraud in the United States. So I posted a, a snippet from their findings, which was pretty boring stuff. And it was blocked and said to be false. And I was wondering why. I wondered about that after I posted that, that article. And so I went and I looked at what information did Facebook look at? What did they use to prove that my post was wrong? And when I did that, I found that Facebook uses a fact checker called lead stories. And so when I clicked on see why this is factually wrong, I clicked on that link and I went to a lead stories link. And the Lead Stories, leadstories.com, you can look this up yourself, www.leadstories.com. This is the group that does the fact checking for Facebook. And in this situation, I went to their website and then I just began, I just did a little bit of search on the article itself. I looked at what Lead Stories put up and none of it was factual. Lead Stories argued with the findings ...of the group that did their own inspection for an election. And their disagreement was opinion, not facts. They did not do their own study. So Facebook blocked what I put up based on the opinion of lead stories. So I I looked at lead stories and one of the things that I found out... ...which blew me away and I'm going to get into this later in the podcast... Lead Stories is funded by China. LeadStories.com is funded by China. Facebook fact checkers are funded by China. Why, why does this matter? You know, I get a lot of people that come up to me on a regular basis and they ask me, why do North Koreans? live in the situation in which they live. I mean, a lot of people put themselves in the shoes of the North Koreans. They empathize with the suffering that is going on in North Korea. And I think that there's a lot of people when they think about the suffering of the North Koreans, they often think not only what would it feel like to be in that sucky situation and suffer on a daily basis, but there are some people that extrapolate those thoughts even further and begin to think to themselves, what would I do if I was in that situation? Would I not fight back? Would I not resist the government? Would I, would I not find an underground way of resisting and escaping or changing the way North Korea operates? Do they not know that there are alternatives to life other than what they have in North Korea? And the simple answer to that is no. The North Koreans control all of the news, all of the magazines, all of the entertainment, any information that you get on TV, on the radio, God forbid the internet, it is all controlled by the North Korean government. The North Korean government wants to shape, inform, and, and mold all of the information that goes into your receptors, whether it's your eyes, your ears. They want to change everything, even down to what you think inside your heart. That's why they run what they call re education camps or gulags where they try to actively re-educate people on what is true and what is not true. Did you know that South Korean soap operas, which are TV programs that come from South Korea, I've never seen one, but apparently they're really good and super addictive. The Japanese love them. The Chinese love them. The Hong Kong people love them. Singaporeans love them. Even the Indians love them. They, there's so many people that absolutely love South Korean soap operas. And these soap operas are about everyday life in, in South Korea, falling in love, um, you know, being cheated on, losing money, big investments, family disasters. All of those things are covered on a South Korean soap opera. I assume that they're very much like an American soap, soap opera. I don't know. That's my assumption because they use the term soap opera. I, I became familiar with soap operas as a kid because if I stayed home and I played hooky from school, that's what I ended up watching. My mom watched soap operas, so Days of Our Lives, As the World Turns. I ended up watching these. I was I hated these shows. Even now, you cannot get me to watch any kind of soap opera ever. Even if I don't even know if they exist anymore, but if they do, I will not watch them. I like the theme music makes me nauseous. Um, Those soap operas single-handedly kept me from wanting to stay home from school. I realized that being in school and learning against my will was a lot more enjoyable than watching one of my mother's soap operas. But South Korean soap operas are so illegal in North Korea that you can be killed if you're found watching them. You can be killed. Your family, your children, your children's children, your grandparents, your parents can all be jailed. If you get caught watching a South Korean soap opera. Why? Because it reveals to the North Koreans what the outside world looks like. And that is not allowed. Foreigners that travel there, like myself, when you get to see how the North Korean government operates, when you come in from an outside nation into North Korea, you are blown away at how every little minute thing is controlled by the government. Even myself, whenever I travel into North Korea, I'm told what to take pictures of, what not to take pictures of. When I take pictures, I'm told how to take the pictures. I'm not allowed to merely point my camera and push a button. If I take a picture of uh, Kim Jong Il or Kim Il sung or, or, uh, 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 Kim Jong-un, if I if I take a picture of one of their um, statues or pictures or if I'm taking a photo of a photo, the North Korean assistants that are with me, they have to make sure that I get the entire photo, like from foot to head or whatever the picture is, I have to get the whole thing. I can't take a portion, I can't take a picture of a portion of that statue or that photo or that picture. It's so controlled. You know, I have been inside of North Korea where I've gone in to immigration and I've handed over my passport to somebody that is typing on a computer and that computer is not plugged in. The immigration officer is typing my information on a computer that has no electricity, It's not working. I know that it's not plugged in, they know that it's not plugged in, they know that I know that it's not plugged in, but they have to maintain the facade. I've been in traffic in North Korea, sorry, I've been in lack of traffic in North Korea where there has been traffic guards guiding traffic, telling non-existent traffic on one road to stop while non-existent traffic on another road to go. I've had to stop at a stop guard or a a guard A a police officer that's standing in the middle of a four-way stop or a four-way road stopped my vehicle to allow imaginary vehicles to pass. Uh, Eric Schmidt, uh, you might know his name. He's the chairman of Google. His daughter traveled together with a Google um, diplomat kind of group that traveled into North Korea. And she wrote a few things that I thought was very interesting. This comes from her direct diary when she was in North Korea. And she says this, no one was actually doing anything. She said this when she walked into one of the main computer places in all of Pyongyang. And they're bringing in the daughter of Google, cutting edge technology. And she, she's looking around and she notices verbatim. This is what she says. No one was actually doing anything. A few scrolled or clicked, but the rest just stared. More disturbing... When our group walked in, a noisy bunch with media in tow, not one of them looked up from their desks. Not a head turned, no eye contact, no reaction to stimuli. They might as well have been figurines. She also went on to say this. They made sure to show us American-style fast food restaurants, though their timing appeared to be a bit off. The place was shuttered when we arrived. Workers scramble to put on aprons and turn the lights on. That's exactly what it's like to live in North Korea. China is not like that today, but it was very much like that in the 1960s, 70s, 80s. And then they've grown and they've changed, but China is still in control of the news and the internet. In China, the news is not allowed to publish anything that is not approved by the Communist Party. And guys, that is exactly what we are looking at with Facebook today and YouTube today. If you go on to our Back to Jerusalem archives after this podcast is posted, you can, you can find this article at the beginning of October where I share about something that is happening with YouTube. What is taking place right now with YouTube is like a modern day book burning. In the 1960s and 70s and 80s, what happened in China, when the Communist Party came to power in 1949, one of the things that they did for the Communist Revolution is get rid of the four olds. They wanted to get rid of the old customs, the old ways, the old practices, and the old religions. And the way that they did that was they went around and they they put all of the professors that taught old education into re-education camp so that they could be re-educated by the Communist Party to get rid of those words that they didn't want them to know about, those words that needed to be changed. Anybody listening to this podcast that has never read the book 1984, I encourage you to read it. And if you're not a reader, do this. Go on to YouTube. YouTube, the very place that I'm talking about. Uh, You might even want to save it. Who knows how long that will be available on YouTube. It's kind of ironic that I'm talking about YouTube scrubbing information while giving you information that is found on YouTube. But the truth is, is that there is a book called 1984 by George Orwell. This book was written the same year that China was founded in 1949. In 1949, George Orwell wrote about this this world that would exist in 1984. This is kind of like England under communism. And there is a department that he calls the Department of Truth. And the Department of Truth created language. And anybody that used language that was not approved by the Department of Truth would be taken away and forced into re-education. And if they did not learn the re-education, they would... Just disappear, And so there was no access to any history books that were not scrubbed by the Department of Truth. There was no news. There was no entertainment. There was no newspapers. There were no books. There was no history books. There was no ancient writings that were not approved by the Department of Truth. And YouTube and Facebook and Twitter are quickly becoming the Western version of George Orwell's The Department of Truth of truth. And what they're trying to do is just scrub information so that you cannot get it in the same way that the North Koreans cannot get information. And you might think that I'm exaggerating, but that is exactly what's happening. And I have fallen into that trap even myself. Let me tell you how. Only about 10, 15 years ago. Google had started this amazing campaign of going through old libraries and scanning all of the books. And they created this library called Google Books where you can basically go and read all these old books. And instead of reading the actual book, you read a scan of the page. And Google's idea was that there are so many amazing books that might be lost forever unless we scan them. And there, there was a lot of people that were sad because government-supported um, libraries were shutting down. I was not one of those people that were sad, was sad. <clears throat> I kind of saw the shutting down of libraries as inevitable. They were these old, archaic buildings that had a lot of books, that really everything in those books that could be accessible for everybody all around the world. I thought it was a much better idea of what Google was doing. I did not foresee that a lot of those books that were in libraries that no longer exist, those books that are no longer with us, those books that were taken to junkyards, that were taken to land disposals, that were taken and burned, maybe, Those books are gone forever. And the only record that we have of them are now on Google or Google, like groups like Google. They really did a huge investment. But now there is this wave of certain words that can't be said, certain history that can't be shared, certain ideas that are no longer allowed. And those books that are associated with those ideas are now blocked and destroyed. And all of the records that we had on hard drives are now gone. And we're starting to see that now with Google. Uh, YouTube has launched a new campaign, which is owned by Google. YouTube has launched a new campaign to search for, it's a seek and destroy mission for anything associated with anti-vaccine. So if they know of any YouTube channels, any YouTube broadcast, any videos that share anything that can be associated with anti-COVID-19 vaccination activism, it's destroyed. And guys, listen to me. This has nothing to do with whether you agree with the vaccinations or not. I plan to be vaccinated. My family is vaccinated. I haven't been vaccinated because I haven't seen a need for it. And I know some of you feel that I need to be vaccinated. Some of you feel like I shouldn't be vaccinated. Those of you that feel that I should be vaccinated will send me scriptures as well as news links, as well as research. And those of you that feel that I should not be vaccinated will send me news and research and connections and Bible verses. I, I, I can make my own decisions. And I may be making the wrong decision. I might be making the right decision. I don't know, but I have gone through the information myself and I've made that decision myself with the information that I've had on hand. What YouTube is saying is that we don't want you to have this information that goes against the vaccine, so we are, we are destroying it. And this has nothing to do with the vaccine. This is dangerous. It must be admitted by even those who are staunch supporters of the vaccine, that what YouTube is doing is extremely dangerous. It is extremely dangerous, regardless of where you stand on the vaccination, when you are a tech company, like Google, like YouTube, when you are a tech company, not medical professionals, and aggressively control information in regards to my health. As a part of Google's new agenda aimed at cutting down on anti-vaccine content, YouTube will ban any video that debates medical information or endorses medical advice that Google views as dangerous. Guys, here is a fact. Google and YouTube do not have a medical license. With the new announcement... It is assumed that even videos that are hosted on YouTube and are uploaded by doctors, medical professionals, and even those that have personal experience with the vaccine that went negative, that will no longer be allowed to be shared on YouTube. I'm going to say that again because that's massive. If a doctor, if a medical professional Or if somebody who has received the vaccine or has inside information about the vaccine or a personal testimony about the vaccine puts up and shares in their video about something that the Google and YouTube do not like, they will erase it. In full disclosure, everybody listening to this podcast Most of the Back to Jerusalem staff have been vaccinated, and probably all of our Back to Jerusalem Chinese partners and leaders inside of China have been vaccinated according to their own conscience. But what YouTube has just announced is not about health. This is not about health, it's dangerous. By promoting certain voices and removing other voices, YouTube, which is the largest video format holder host in all the world, YouTube is asserting that they know the truth. And this is exactly in line with communists and fascists in George Orwell's book, 1984, when he wrote about the ministry of truth. This is exactly in line with the Communist Party of China, And this is why Facebook's fact checking, their partner, Lead Stories, is partly funded by money funneled in from a Chinese company called ByteDance. Guys, right now, don't believe, a word freaking coming out of my mouth. Go onto the internet and look up what I'm saying. This is Wikipedia stuff. Go onto Lead Stories on Wikipedia. If you go on to Lead Stories on Wikipedia, you will find that Lead Stories, and I actually put up in my, in my post that will be going up in the first week of October. So if you're listening to this after the first week of October, you can go back into the Back to Jerusalem archives and find this article. I put up a screenshot which shows that Lead Stories is directly funded by ByteDance. Now that information is no longer on their website. That's why I put up a screenshot. This information is no longer on their website, but you can see that Lead Stories is funded by money funneled in by ByteDance. Who's ByteDance? ByteDance LLC. It is the same company that owns TikTok. TikTok is not allowed to be downloaded by the United States military. It is outlawed for State Department officials to have it on their phone or mobile device. It is outlawed in India because both India and the State Department know that this is being used to funnel information directly to the Chinese government. ByteDance, who owns TikTok, is also a supporter of lead stories. Why does that matter? Because even though ByteDance owns TikTok, and you might think that ByteDance, because it sounds like, Byte, by the way, is B-Y-T-E, like a gigabyte, like a, a, a byte of information. So ByteDance might sound as if it is an entertainment company, an entertainment mogul that owns a lot of these like social media sites and all that. You would be wrong. Just to be clear, ByteDance is not... In the entertainment industry. ByteDance is in the news industry. And ByteDance is in direct partnership with the Chinese Ministry of Public Security. The PSB. The very organization that the arm, the part of the government that is uh, persecuting Christians. Even right now as I'm doing this podcast. There are Christians that are being monitored and persecuted by the Public Security Bureau. ByteDance is in direct partnership with the Chinese Ministry of Public Security for the ministry's public relation efforts. ByteDance is not in the entertainment business. They are in the news business. They are in the news censoring business for the Chinese government. ByteDance is in joint venture with several Chinese state-run publishers, both in Beijing and in Shanghai. They're also in direct coordination with Chinese media, both in Beijing and in Shanghai. And they run. And they run, Toutiao. Toutiao is China's largest government-censored news platform. You see the why this is a big deal. Because if you heard what I just said, and I have not heard many people talking about this. In fact, I... I, I challenge you to find anybody that is sharing this information right now in audio format, video format, and even in written format, there are very few sharing about this. And those that are sharing are kind of in that conspiratorial type of circle where a lot of people don't listen to what they say because they kind of feel like they've, they've called uh, wolf, they've screamed wolf too many times. What The information I'm giving to you, I give links on my website, on the Back to Jerusalem website. I give links in our articles, the articles that I've written, that take you not to conspiratorial websites, but directly to Chinese websites themselves and show the direct connection between ByteDance and the the, uh, Chinese Ministry of Public Security. ByteDance funds lead stories. Lead Stories does the fact-checking for Facebook. Facebook does not allow articles that are fact-checked as wrong by Lead Stories. Lead Stories is supported by China, China's largest news agency. You see a problem with this? This is an issue that Christians need to be aware of. That when your items are fact-checked, it might be that you posted something that is just not accurate. It might be that you posted some conspiracy theory that has been proven to be wrong. Accept it and move on. But there might be times that you're actually sharing things on Facebook that can be proven to be true, but it has been blocked by lead stories, which is funded by China. So keep that in mind next time You post something to share with your Christian brothers and sisters, those that you're friends with, those that are part of your family, and those that go with you to church and Bible study. Keep that in mind next time you post something that is fact-checked by Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us for this Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you.